Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. We know it's been a while. Gab and I have enjoyed our break for the most part. Gab, what are you drinking? <laughs> I think enjoyed is relative. Um, I am enjoying water this morning. Uh, we're recording in the morning time because, man, we're just like, I don't know. It's the cycle that I'm in right now. It's like my energy level and my positivity is awesome in the mornings and by the time I get done at night I'm just like blah <laughs> what are you like blah all right and so yeah we're uh per per my request uh recording in the morning um so that I can not have to fake being like super jolly and happy and stuff like that mm-hmm. um what are you drinking it's barely morning your time it's almost noon it's almost are you noon. are you having a brunch cocktail no i finished my uh four ounces of iced coffee a little while ago and that's all i'm allowed for the day really yeah do you drink it like a shot or do you drink it like in the little espresso cup with your pinky up well four ounces and you put a little ice in it it makes it, it's a decent little amount in a in a pint glass so yeah four I, ounces in a pint glass yeah and then I add some ice to it and, you know, why are you, oh. you sound like you're shocked. Why? It's like four ounces in a pint glass is like a quarter of a pint glass. Yeah. And then I drop a couple ice cubes in. So it comes up about halfway or so. And I just sip that in the morning and I'm fine. All right. Okay. Okay. Are you feeling better? Yeah. I can't have a full coffee. I go off the rails. Then that's all that matters. <laughs> That's you've, all that matters. I don't think you've ever seen me truly hopped up on caffeine. I used I to think I have. N- no, because when I used to study for school, I would go to a cafe and I'd have um a mocha with an extra shot or two of espresso in it. I think mocha already has at least one or two shots of uh-huh. espresso, and then I'd add more and then just sit there with my resting heart rate at 120 trying to learn. Well, it was effective. You are a lawyer. Uh, you went to law school and you graduated. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. Lawyer being, making me be super specific about mm. what you actually are. Mm-hmm. So, now, mm-hmm. so now that we've talked about the dead end of my uh, career aspirations. It's not dead end. You're, you're now a soccer writer. That's you're a true. sports writer. That's true. That's uh, You're a journalist. much more prestigious and well-paying position than a lawyer. I think depending on the community that you are talking to, they might agree. My world is much richer and I am much more emotionally satisfied with my life. Exactly. And you can always you can always lean on your law de- degree down the road. <laughs> Do I sound like your parents now? A little bit. I'm just imagining law firms being like, so what have you been doing for the last, you know, four or five years? Uh... Uh, so I'm going to the World Cup next year. Uh, and I was at the last one. Does that count? I did a podcast called Two Drunk Fans. We didn't monetize it, though. We just, you know. <laughs> no, no, we we're didn't not, even. We're not selling out like auditoriums or anything. We and, didn't even but, get but, drunk. You know, so... we, we have fun. This is. This is our emotional banter. To, we didn't even go by. We didn't even go by the core concept of the podcast either, because you and I have not been drunk for this podcast in probably <laughs> like over a year. No, I think I I think we uh, were drunk at the last NWSL final. Okay, sure. Uh, so Orlando, the night of karaoke, we were absolutely plastered. 
because I keep getting reminded about my snack food run across the street to like the 7-Eleven where I spent like $45 on junk food. I remember that. I remember I think I took video of your little like, it wasn't even a run. It was like a extreme power walk. It probably was. I don't really run all that much anymore. Um, But it was, but then I remember the only thing I really remember, I don't remember being in the shop, really. I remember being yelled at because our cab was there and the cab driver wanted to leave. Yeah, that's true. And I was like, okay. And I think I grabbed like one more bag of chips. Mm -hmm. You said the magic word, NWSL. Things are afoot. Oh, transition. Things are happening. Players are coming back from Europe. The two main ones, obviously, Kristen Press and Morgan Bryan. Morgan Bryan just came home. Like, Leon right. wasn't working out. It's kind of like, you're like, okay, I'm going to take a year off and go hike through Europe. And your parents are like, okay. And then six months in, you're like, mom, dad, I got to come home. <laughs> you're like, mom, dad, I think I miss you more than you miss me. Um, I mean, also, at Lyon, she s- couldn't get healthy and stay healthy. So why not try it in Chicago, which is, you know, right next to U.S. Soccer headquarters and maybe their staff can uh, can, you know, implement the spirit of Don Scott and do whatever. Oh, well, and I think that there is a um, element of, you know, just being at home like she's a newlywed. That's true. You know, like I don't know what the situation was being in France, like if her husband was over there or, or if he's going to be in Chicago or something like that. But I think there's just there's uh, players are either ready to be abroad and ready to have that separation, that space or they're not. I think you're right. There is definitely something to the whole approach when you're talking about recovery. So having support system, whenever you talk to an injured player, they always talk about support system. So incredibly important. I mean, just the the comfort of being somewhere where you speak the language and you can navigate around easily probably is also, you know, kind of a little bit of a mental relief as well. So uh-huh. it, people, it, it, all, they, it all adds up to maybe a, a better recovery. She didn't really get healthy at Houston, but then again, that's also Houston. So maybe in Chicago, it'll take. Yeah, I mean, we've just seen what a fire hole Houston is for certain things. And it's like, well, who knows what their training department is like. What a fire hole. It's the name of the episode. Fire hole. (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say fire pit, but then I was like, it's Texas, so that's actually maybe a positive because they're so into barbecue. Yeah. Fire hole. What happens to me after I eat too much spicy ramen? Anyway. <laughs> Fire hole. The reason I didn't go to work today. The other big endobitsal move, the big one, the big one, obviously, it's Kristen Press returning from Jotaborg. That was a really interesting domino effect of, like, players, Chicago players, and a player from... Utah, and I'm not looking at rosters right now, so I don't remember all of them, but not playing over the weekend because this this trade was in the mix. Like, I, I do you know, can you explain to me a little bit more, like, why weren't they able to play over the weekend? Because they- and why and why did they time it that way? Like, why not start the paperwork on Monday and allow the players to have an impact over the weekend. So my impression is obviously they didn't play because the trade had started at that point and you can't roster someone who's going through that process. And 
I think maybe they thought it would go faster than it did. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, you, how do you not know yourself by now that you thought that this was going to be a faster process than it was? Well, and so we're coming right off of a big international break. Like, was the paperwork started the Monday after the international break? Was paper started the Monday after the last NWSL match that these players would have been involved in? Because I know there was that one rogue, like, lingering match. But I don't think I, any of these teams were involved in that, that no. one match. So is this a thing where they thought it was going to take two weeks and it really ended up taking three? Or is this a thing where they thought it was going to take five days and it really ended up taking two weeks? So my impression, once again, is that the paperwork, the ball got rolling at least several days before the announcement, probably much longer, much earlier than that, because they had to figure out how to wrangle Kristen Press rights from Houston to Utah, but knowing that Utah wasn't going to necessarily want to trade anything to Houston, meaning they had to go through Chicago. I think there was a big delay. I think uh, people who report on soccer in Chicago were prepared to go over the weekend, and it just didn't happen over the weekend. And then when the f announcement finally did drop, everyone's like, finally, it's been a second. So, yeah, it, it this was something that was supposed to happen sooner, maybe before the weekend that would have allowed players to play. But due to paperwork or whatever communications mix-ups or, you know, just details not getting ironed out that's why players had to sit and when you have three teams or yeah three teams involved in this it's gonna be a cluster i mean we thought especially we had... when you don't have somebody driving if, from a commissioner standpoint that's yeah i think that's a good point how much faster would this have been with a commissioner who was like you guys need to have this done by this date and i don't want to here like barring uh, an act of god it has to be done or else no trade whereas right. the teams now i mean u.s soccer obviously has an unprecedented level of control over this league so there might also have been some questions about they were dissatisfied that sofia huerta was never going to play right back at chicago mm -hmm. I mean, why should chicago have to fuck up their lineup so that jill ellis can fix hers you know mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe there's some impetus there. I don't know. So, long story short, Huerta, Camo to Houston. Press and Sam Johnson go to Utah. Brooke Elby goes to Chicago. Every draft pick in the world also now goes to Chicago. And so now Chicago has dumped Huerta, Camo, and Sam Johnson. And they're getting Morgan Bryan. And then there have been reports that Morgan Bryan's not allocated. She's on a contract right. with Chicago. So clearly they had to clear out space on the salary cap in order to pay her because Morgan Bryan's not getting paid the minimum. It highlights so many of the internal problems that the NWSL have, mm -hmm. which could also, which can come back to the commissioner bid, but also just comes back to, guys, you're no longer brand new. Like you're no longer a startup. You're in the sixth year. When are the owners going to create a sustainable model that's going to allow, you know, a Morgan Bryan to play in the United States, non-U.S. soccer subsidized? How much longer are, are U.S. soccer players going to be subsidized? I think U.S. players are going to have to be subsidized, I mean, at minimum through 2020, right? That's uh, the Olympic year. I think 
this is pure speculation, but I do think that the ownership right now, they kind of don't mind not having a commissioner because it gives them all the power in the league. Oh, totally. I totally, I totally agree with that, but I do feel like it also allows them to care about themselves and not about the league. Yeah. In terms of on the field play, I think that's a good move for Utah. It sucks a little bit for LB because I think she's been one of the better non-national team fullbacks in the league, but Chicago picked up a good one. Uh, Utah has obviously had a little problem scoring and it's so tight in the middle of the table. So I wrote this up when Utah was still seventh. Then the uh, they played one game and they uh-huh. jumped to fourth. Yeah, Utah is fourth with 17, but right behind them, Portland, Chicago, both have 16. Orlando only has 19, along with Seattle. So one game for any of these teams can massively shift results around on on the table. So, yeah, Kristen Press, even if she gives you uh, an advantage that's a matter of percentage points, you got to take it at this point to get a playoff spot. I think Morgan Bryan, once again, if she can get healthy, I can't emphasize enough like we have to remember what peak morgan bryan looks like uh-huh. we'll see and then i think houston got a good a good deal out of it too getting uh huerta and camo and they also picked up Polkinghorn in a separate transaction so houston i don't remember if i called that they would be last on the table this season i probably did but there's a lots of wiggle room for them to continue making a playoff run. So who knows? <laughs> this league is chaos. <laughs> this league is chaos. The season is super short. The only person, I mean, at this point, have the courage secured a playoff spot <laughs> mathematically. We're probably approaching it. They're at 30 points, so they're 11 points clear. But they've played two games more than some teams. Well, then maybe not. Maybe maybe there's still a chance. I mean, we saw what happened when Utah came to town. So can you, can you uh, again, I'm not in front of a computer, um, but can you tell us what the lowest point threshold was for last year's uh, playoff team? Let's take a look. So last season, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago Red Star squeaked in at fourth with 39 points. So, so the Courage are potentially three games away from <laughs> securing a playoff spot in July. That's ridiculous. <laughs> playoff, the playoff match is in, well, I guess the playoff match is in August, so it's not that ridiculous. Yeah, I guess so. I, I forget how deep into the summer we already are. The World Cup has just made time. Spe- the World Cup was starting, it was mid-June, and now the month is, you know, it's the 21st that we're recording on so it's that that means the month is practically over who cares there's <laughs> there's over a week left but the month is over it's basically already the nwsl final yeah <laughs> uh, I'll if, become... if the if the nwsl final were this weekend or if the playoff were this weekend um what would the matchups look like it's one against four right so that would be yeah uh courage versus utah and seattle versus orlando dude courage versus utah we already know how that goes. If Utah has Kristen Press, I don't know. I mean, Utah just beat them. Yeah. Without without Press. Without... <laughs> I mean, the way in which they had to beat them, though. A win is a win. That's true. A win is a, a win. A win is a win. A win is a win. And they're going to have Press. We're all on that Utah bandwagon now. 
when it comes to playing North Carolina. I'm staring right at a Salt Lake City scarf on my scarf wall. So, yes. Yes, I am on that Utah bandwagon. Okay. I'm so happy that Laura Harvey's not in fucking Seattle anymore. (laughs) So, if NWSL is chaos, I don't know that it's going to get any better in the future, but... Let's let's just dive right in because we we missed some games. We're not going to go over like all the way back, but I think we can at least go over this past weekend. Yes, uh, I think that there were so, there was one telling match. There was one match that um, I think I've already referenced to seventeen times in this podcast. If we don't talk about anything but that match, I think then we're good. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, let's just go back because. Uh, there was one game in the FIFA break. It was Sky Blue Washington Spirit 0-0. And the less said about that game, the better, I think. Yes, it was not our premier match. So we can just jump ahead to this past weekend. <laughs> all four games on at the same time. <laughs> oh, what what bat shit crazy. And part of this is, is ESPN News, right? This mm-hmm. was the first weekend that we had a match on ESPN News. What did you think of the announcement that they were moving some games to ESPN News? I don't mind it. Um, it's more mainstream. It's it's uh, you know hopefully a channel that more um, casual just sports fans will be flipping through and they'll be like, oh, World Cup is over time wise in the day. I want to watch more soccer. Let's turn on ESPN News instead. Moving it to a sports channel is a plus to me. Mm-hmm. As much as I love that Lifetime is dedicating resources to it, like the casual sports fan is not searching a normal non-sports channel for sports. I agree with you. And you know what? As soon as they got an ESPN News game, fucking ESPNW finally started covering them again a little bit right in turn and and not like a fluffy like here's julie Ertz's workout routine articles like actually there's a game going on usually i don't know what's going on over there at espnw but their coverage of nwsl has not existed this season i think they they tweeted about it in week five and then came back in like week 12 to talk about them again what happened espnw cares about the stuff that they are already covering. Like, they're not going to put effort into something else, you it know? It just seems like, so, I don't want to rank women's pro leagues in this country. I think they all deserve resources and attention. But just in terms of, like, notoriety, or at least known known to audiences, I think NWSL is second after the WNBA. It's, and, you know, you know the, the women's national team is no small cultural phenomenon so i just don't see how a sports website dedicated to women and run in great part by women can professionally on a professional level ignore the nwsl to this degree and still call themselves a women's sports website i'm just baffled by the lack of attention they've paid not not like not even in an anger way just in like a how are you not aware how is no nobody assigned to at least be like these are the games this weekend and then the ne- on monday like these were the results well so yes i'm baffled but i'm also i'm baffled and i'm also annoyed by the fact that julie Foudy is on their like administration level 
And that she's not making noise about why aren't we covering soccer? It it honestly worries me. Like, either their editorial level is just not mandating this maybe, stuff. Maybe or... they just don't understand soccer. Maybe they're that group of people. Well, even if they don't, that's also worrisome because it's a sports property and soccer's, you know, not a small sport. And... But if that's not the case, then I'm worried about, like, resources. Is, is ESPNW, like, dying? They just don't have the resources to, de- to dedicate? Whatever the explanation is, it's worrisome to me, anyway. You know what I think? I think we just discovered your career goals. To take over ESPNW's soccer? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how and I don't know when, but th- we're going to get you in there. All right, I'm going to move to Connecticut, I guess. Uh, I mean, everybody telecommutes now. That's true. Like, maybe you have to go down there once a month, and they'll put you up in a swanky hotel. I I wouldn't mind if they sent me down, and then they were like, because uh, that would, would probably mean they'd also pay for my rental car, so that I could also mm-hmm. drive to New Haven and eat a bunch of pizza. Oh my god, eat all the pizza. Oh god, go to bar and get the mashed potato and and uh, uh, bacon pizza. Okay, I will. Oh, it's so good. I'll I'll go too. I can go, I can go to New Haven. I can go to Connecticut. I have work reasons to go there. Wow, you really like the moment I said New Haven pizza. It was like like when you blow a dog whistle. And yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's get you working for ESPNW, so we can have New Haven pizza together. Just so we can have New Haven pizza together. No, and you can have like. You know, health insurance and, like, a better, like, uh, corporate, you know, gig where you are saying, damn the man, do what I say. <laughs> this is how career goals are made, I, man. I'll, I'll tell you what my ultimate career goal is right now. I would love to be writing on a women's soccer series for Netflix or, you know, Hulu or whatever. Just one of, just somebody, if they're willing to make a women's soccer TV show, comedy or drama. I don't I don't care. Well, I saw I saw your your tweet about I want to go around to see interview other supporters groups and talk about their culture. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of have something there. Well, my original idea was like I was watching um Ugly Delicious like you do. Yes. Feeling hungry and thinking like how could I relate this to soccer? So I would travel around to various um you know, women's soccer hotspots and talk to the people there and what food happens around the match. So tailgates, local restaurants and bars, stuff like that. And just get a feel for the, the region and, and you know, how the people influence the food and vice versa, but all in the context of the game. Because it would be an excuse for me to eat a bunch of really shitty, delicious food on someone else's time. Well, and we would get to, uh, you see how I used a we? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm part of this plan now. Because just like on Ugly Delicious, there were a bunch of friends, and I get to be one of the friends. But uh, I think it would also just be fun to learn, like, what goes into your match day? What goes into supporting your club? What does that mean to you? Is it is it show up to the game, tailgate, watch the game, and then go home? Or is it is it more than that? I, I think we need to find people at Netflix and actually put together a nice, nice presentation of this idea, because I love it. I would love to talk to groups like, how did you grow? Like, there, yeah. are, there are certainly older groups, po- probably in, in Europe, in you know, around uh, England, Germany, France, Sweden, 
Sweden, maybe, because the Damals Venskan is like 25 years old. Just uh-huh. just talk to them and be like, you know, what was it like maybe trying to start a supporters group 15, 20 years ago? Because these days, at least in NWSL, you've got even teams buying in and, you know, offering resources to groups and working with them and publicizing these groups. What was it like maybe when it was five people in somebody's backyard 20 years ago and the team, even if they wanted to help, wouldn't have had the resources to do anything about it? Well, or do they even consider themselves a supporters group or are they, do they consider themselves like part of the team? Yeah. What is supporter group culture in a different country uh, with a different team or in a different league? I think that would be Oh my God. Could you imagine going to Japan? Japan. I want to go to Japan and talk to those people. Yeah. The Nadeshiko oh, League. Yes. And then go down to Australia for W League. I, I want to go to W League. I think there's a league in the Philippines or Thailand or something. It's Dude, being... we could spend the next year before the World Cup filming this thing. And then we go to the World Cup and we could do season two. I'd love to go to Nigeria, see women's soccer there. Maybe see what's going on in, down in Mexico and in the Liga MX Feminil. So all right. All right. So yeah. more uh, uh, career goals for you. <laughs> Let's get. Let's start working. You. Uh, let's start working on networking for Netflix. Okay. And some executive producers at Netflix. Um, but then we also need to get you that ESPN gig. I know someone who just had a, her book optioned for a Netflix series. Dude, Amy Bass's one goal. You guys should all read it. Do we need to freaking write a book? Is that the gateway? That's one of my other career goals. But oh god, that one's that one's a long term project. Well, the book, I mean, we that that's just so much pressure. <laughs> Back to NWSL, Christ. <laughs> oh, man, I have to go to work. Oh. Who needs work in order to earn money to pay for goods and services? I am trying to find you your career goals. Yeah, thanks, career guru. Yeah, that's 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 the hat I'm wearing today. My LinkedIn recruiter, personal how LinkedIn do, recruiter. How do I help my friend set career goals? Go. Washington Spirit zero, Seattle Rain zero. That was boring. Uh, but uh, it actually wasn't because Pino got a PK and it was stopped, and I cackled for days. <laughs> Pino was a little less Pino than usual in this game. Uh, I would actually say she was like even more Pino. Oh, okay. Okay. I, the most interesting part to me, obviously, was Rose Lavelle getting a start and playing for (laughs) a full 45 minutes and then looking not completely broken afterwards. You're always doing the Rose Lavelle drinking game. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Oh, right, right, right. We got to talk about Rose Lavelle. Yes, we do. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) I thought it was a little interesting. Sullivan was kind of attacking a little more for the spirit in this game as well. Um, maybe, maybe Washington is seeing that, you know, Sullivan hasn't been the strongest, you know, holding mid or deeper lying mid for them. So they're kind of trying to change up the responsibilities of her role and see how she responds. I think that's good because once again, Sullivan's that player with all that potential, but she got that injury, um, and she's never really seemed this I don't know if it's that she's never seemed the same or we finally saw her make the college pro switch at about the same time as she was supposed to be recovering fully and you know the coming up to the pro game exposed that she wasn't quite ready yeah I don't know what it was 
Yeah, I think I think that might be it. I mean, it goes back to the conversation I think we have every year right around the NWSL draft of are how many of these players are actually ready for the pro game and are going to see minutes in their first season. The next game was Courage 0, Utah 1. How do you feel about that, Gab? I love it. I mean, I hate that Utah got points because of Thorne's reasons, but I love that they snapped the Courage's win streak. I do too. Or or not losing streak, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about fucking time that somebody like just muscled the Courage out of their points. And then the Courage finally getting bitten by their like 20 shots, one goal kind of strategy. Right? Like live by the oh, sword, God. die by the sword. I mean, the Thorns had that strategy for the first, like, four matches this year where it was like, God damn it, 28 shots and no goals? Like, fuck. But I, the Courage have kept that up all season. The Courage had 15 shots to Utah's eight in this game. Jesus. The Courage are just the league's battering rams this yeah. year. And then Utah, three out of the eight were on goal. For NC, four out of their 15 were on goal. So that should, you know, that's typical Courage. That speaks wonders. Um, in terms of player trades, so everyone's talking about Press and Morgan Bryan coming home. I think a couple of people were whispering, like, what about Heather O'Reilly? Because she just announced Stop she's, it. she's done with Arsenal, right? She's done with Arsenal. She did? Yeah. She's not going back I to didn't Arsenal. I know that. I think she announced it. Well, I mean, I, that's she totally could have, and I'm, I'm just not paying attention. And she has strong ties to North Carolina. If she came back to NWSL, I think the Courage is her number one team. Like, maybe she'd go somewhere else on the East Coast, but she wants the Courage. The problem is, who would the Courage trade away? Also, Utah owns O'Reilly's rights. So who would the Courage be willing to give up? And what would Utah possibly want from the Courage? Assuming it's only a two-team trade. Oh my god, Laura Harvey has all the cards. <laughs> Once again, she has all the I mean, she doesn't have any more draft picks left, but... Right, 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 but she has all the cards. Like, she can look, she can pick Riley apart. I think if she wanted an attacker, the... I would say maybe Lynn Williams might be someone Paul would be willing to part with. Uh, okay, so if I'm Laura Harvey, here's here's what I'm doing. I'm looking at Heather O'Reilly and I'm saying, okay, that's three player trade right there. Ooh, another right, thing. and then and then I'm looking at every other team in the league to say who all wants to go in on this. Laura Harvey doesn't need three North Carolina players herself. She's already built that squad. Yeah, she can be like, hey, do any of you want leverage over North Carolina? Yep, I want. You know, uh, a fullback maybe, or, or another forward who I think could really complement press. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm, I want Crystal Dunn. <laughs> right? She's not going to get Crystal Dunn. Uh, who's to say? She would have to send not just O'Reilly's rights, but like probably another similar caliber player, like a high draft pick and a locked suitcase full of like weapons grade plutonium. <laughs> to north carolina i would if if someone was coming to me and being like i'd like to trade for crystal dunn after i was done laughing them out of my office i'd call them back and be like you need to show up here with two money guns loaded with hundos and spray me with them and then i'll think about it 
I mean, never mind that it is a personal fantasy of mine to be sprayed by two money guns filled with $100 bills. But moving on. It's, I'm just saying, like, things are about to get, like, real shaky. <laughs> yeah. Assuming, assuming that North Carolina is willing to make any deals in order to get Heather O'Reilly, because as much as I love her, she is, you know, at the tail end of her career. Uh, next game, Orlando Pride 3, Sky Blue 2. I thought this was it for Sky Blue. I thought this is this might be the one. This yeah, it felt like it. But it wasn't. <laughs> I you know what was encouraging to me though? So this was after Sky Blue signed Imani Dorsey finally. And I really liked kind of what I saw between her, Carly Lloyd, and Savannah McCaskill working in little areas around the field. I think those three have a lot of potential. I liked watching them play together and, you know, their very first game already. So you know, Sky Blue's obviously not going to make a playoff run here, barring, mm-hmm. like, literal, actual witchcraft. Like, barring Thanos snapping with the Infinity Gauntlet. They're, it's not going to happen. But, could be entertaining, at least? Mm, um, mm. Well, we'll see We'll see how, how the last-minute runs go at the end of this, well, for the second half of the season. So, what I want to ask you is, did you see the the two sky blue goals though no because both of them came off of rebounds given up by ashlyn harris are you shitting me she spilled both balls and sky blue scored twice off of them are you shitting me so what i want to ask you is at the risk of us getting like dragged out of our homes and punched in the face um is do you think Ashlyn Harris should still be fighting for a number one spot on the national team? Was it? Just I have not a, thought that for a very long time. <laughs> is it was it a bad game, or is she? Are the, a lot of the weaknesses in her in her game being exposed right now? I don't think Ashlyn Harris is a number two. Um, I think that she just has been in the system since she was got 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, and she's just that reliable in the system player. I think our goalkeeper, I think Hope Solo being our number one for a million years ruined our pool of goalkeepers who can actively step up to that level. I think Ashlyn could have been a legitimate contender for that two spot, especially coming near the end of WPS in that era. I think she hasn't shown improvement over time in her goalkeeping. Not that I think Nayer's necessarily, you know, super keen number one material right now either. I think no. you're right in that our pool has been ruined. I think, you know, this game kind of illustrated some of the biggest weaknesses in her game in, in terms of positioning, ball handling. Um yeah, I mean, like, I think over the last two seasons, both Nair and Harris have made the case why they shouldn't be the number ones uh, <laughs> for the women's national team. And and it's been fundamental things. It's been communicating with your backline, owning your backline, owning your defense. And you can always say, well, they're, they don't have a national team caliber defense in front of them. And it's like, yeah, but this is the NWSL. It doesn't really get harder at mm-hmm. the international level like we're, they're playing internationals here and it's not the only s- thing that increases is like the pressure congratulations ad french i don't know i mean she's not healthy right now uh abby smith fish 
Abby Smith-ish, yeah. I mean, could Abby Smith step up? Like, has she played? Who who else who else has been uh playing for the national team recently? I mean, they called in Casey Murphy from France to get a look. That kid is like six foot, I want to say. But then yeah. again, she's also a kid, and she's been playing right. in France. So. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I have not seen any of the Harris uh bungled balls um but now i know what i'm doing over my lunch break okay last game chicago red stars won portland thorns won how do you feel i was making puppies that whole match it was it was slow like i don't know what it is about thorns on the road but they are basically walking it looks like they're jogging until they get scored on and then they turn it up to like 14 and then they turn back into like battering ram, losing my patience. Somebody just score and they get like super, super, super um, like aggressive, but also just not, it's not pretty. I, th- I think I have three thoughts about this match and just in terms of personnel. One, Casey Short was back. So uh-huh. at least on a national team level, that's interesting. Um, I thought she looked pretty strong in the little the limited time that she had. Uh, Ertz moved back to the back line to help compensate for some of Chicago's problems. Because as we remember, they lost um, some players. They were shuffling. And then the last one being, so uh, Celeste Bure was one of Portland's subs. She came in for Andresina. Obviously, she came in to, let's see, it was the 60th minute. So this is after her and scored. I think she's she was Mark Parsons responding to try and kind of steady the midfield, put in a, you know, uh, a slightly more defensive look to his midfield. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that Salem just hasn't been with the team as long. So, you know, Parsons probably trust Bure more, but I've, I, I really honestly rate Angela Salem a lot more than Celeste Bure. And I, I wish Portland would too. Maybe it's just cause she's, you know, getting integrated with the team. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating. Um, I think a lot of the personnel decisions of who's starting and who are the subs. It's I'm very frustrated by it as well. Um, I think the the PK that Kerr earned uh, off of uh, Hubley um, was it was sloppy, you know. And it it I struggle with her being a starter. And I struggle with the decision-making she has. And usually she's not. Pairing her against Sam Kerr was a mistake. <laughs> Pairing a lot of people against Sam Kerr is a mistake. But yeah, it, it, you're yeah. right. You're I right. Mean, I mean, you want you want all of your best backline defenders or your fastest or your, your most skilled decision-makers back mm-hmm. there. Because Sam Kerr is going to draw that foul. She's going to draw that PK. She is a very intelligent player who understands this game. She's going to take those shots. She's going to, she, Sam Kerr is going to outsmart you. So you need to put your smartest back there. And I'm not saying that like there isn't a place on every team for, you know, hard workers and, and things like that. But man, it gets frustrating when you're, you're just seeing, seeing the other team, and and it wasn't just this one player, but it's it's just Portland this year is playing with the, with the the we will just outrun them, we will just out uh, muscle them 
attitude. And, you know, I want us to be saying we will outsmart them. That was the weekend. It was some interesting results, some boring. It's, you know, typical NWSL. I am really not into all four at the same time. Some people might be into that. I don't, you know, I don't make any judgments about anybody's anybody's life that way. But <laughs> it, It's a lot, man. But uh, I appreciate this coming weekend. There's Friday game and then the three Saturday games. Only two are on at the same time. So a little calmer. I'm old now. I can't be handling, you know, four games at the same time. Yeah, it's a young I, person's I, I game. I just don't have the attention span. Don't have the stamina for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to focus on one at a time. So next weekend, the Friday game is Houston Dash hosting Portland Thorns. Who have you got? Uh, mm, uh, I'm going to say Portland. It's in Houston. What time is it? Yeah, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. So 7.30, uh, 730 Houston. PM. Yeah. So it'll be not super hot. Um, I'm going to say Portland 2, Houston 1. I guess I'll say we just got the injury report. Kai Simon's questionable. Tobin Heath is questionable. I think Portland can manage without Heath because they've done mm-hmm. it quite a lot. I think Houston will struggle more to manage without Kai Simon. I'll call this three to one for Portland. All right. Uh, slight tangent. Uh huh. Why does U.S. soccer keep injuring players during friendlies? Uh, because suffering is our lot in life. I mean, let's save that rant for a future episode, but oh my god, Midge Purse (laughs) got injured in training for the friendlies. On the one hand, like, training injuries happen. But on the other hand, if they're not in training, then they're not going to get injured at training. You know, if soccer, if U.S. Mm -hmm. soccer is just willing to take a break in one of these windows and let their players rest instead of having game. I know they have to balance, you know, they got to keep the national team in the public eye. They got to make money. uh, They need to evaluate players whenever they can. But what was the point of having all these people in NWSL if you can't, you know, look at their games and evaluate? I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of factors and not all of them are good. So I can't wait for you to work for ESPNW. (laughs) I cannot wait to read that piece. Seattle Rain hosting North Carolina Courage. Courage coming off a loss. Mm-hmm. But they are battering rams. They yeah. are they are shoot from the hip. Oh, man. I think as much as I dislike Seattle, I dislike the Courage more. So I'm actually going to say Seattle 3, Courage 1. Wow. Really? Yeah. At Not home. Much. Seattle's okay. at home. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Seattle 1, Courage nothing. Oh, you're going to say Courage aren't going to score at all? Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a a tough game, and Seattle's going to grind out the win. Um, Your your game's probably going to be much more exciting than mine. Maybe. We'll see. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Washington Spirit at home hosting Orlando Pride. You go first this time. Oh, right. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I always set you up with that. Like, whenever I tell you to go first, it's because I literally have no idea. Two to one for Orlando. Sorry, Washington. Uh, I'm going to say two to one Washington. Wow. We lost. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying this is going to be a, a Here a we doozy. go. That's, you know, that's spicy. I like it when we disagree. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then Chicago. Now we just need to remember that we disagree. Chicago at home hosting Utah. 
Utah's got the hot hand right now. Sort of. <sighs> is this going to be Press's first Chicago match? Uh, I think this is the game that Laura Harvey agreed that they wouldn't play Press, her little gentleman's agreement, gentle coach's agreement. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say uh, one to one for this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to look at these trade details again. Chicago has lost Huerta, Camo, and Sam Johnson. Will Morgan Bryan really be healthy enough to get more than a half for them? But they picked up Brooke Elby. Utah, I think, won't have Kristen Press yet. What a what a uh, a heel turn though, like a, a top ten anime betrayal if she's on the field and Laura Harvey's right. like, hey, we didn't write anything down, you just right? took my word for it. Like you just you just shook my hand. Um, I'm gonna call this two to one for Utah. All right, all right, all right. Those are our right. predictions. We've got some stuff coming up that we really want to talk about. We're just you know a little pressed for time this episode. Maybe we shouldn't have spent so much time on my career, uh, but hey, we will be hey, talking. It's about time somebody did. Oh my god, you sound like my mother. <laughs> oh my god. We'll definitely be talking about the football ferns in the future because that is a crazy situation. Um, and you know whatever NWSL chaos has been going on since between then and now. In the meantime, why don't you hit us with your own score predictions? What you think about is going on with the football ferns or in women's soccer in general? Yeah, there's a World Cup going on, but you know, I have watched none of it. Wow, um, I'm not I'm not really into those uh, international money grab tournaments wow. uh, on the men's side there. Okay. so you know, I mean, you're gonna hate it even more when we host it then. I don't, I just, I, uh, yeah, it's going to suck. Um, but maybe, you know, I'll, I'll have a nice piece of land and I can, you know, cut off all communications for a month and just enjoy the peace and quiet. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, I'll talk to you a little more about that later. Um, you know, having, having your own piece of land where you can go and just live in an off the grid commune. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm totally down. Okay. Oh, yeah. if any of you listening to this currently live in off-the-grid communes, hit us with your best tips. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> shh. We need to get you that shop at ESPNW first. Oh, I can use that ESPN money to buy some remote land in Vermont. Yeah, so if anybody has connections at ESPN or Netflix or you have a commune, we would love to hear from you. ESPN, Netflix, and communes. That's, that's, that's the actual episode title. <laughs> <laughs> On it. On it.